Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and importantly some of your very own personal stories. I want to thank you for being part of Mike's Open Journal as guests, as visitors, as speakers, as listeners. Welcome to the world of mental health. And remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Mojo Podcast, to episode 149. I hope you're having a great week, hope things are going well. Delighted to be here as your host once again. So my name's Mike, thank you for downloading, subscribing, hopefully you're subscribed. Go and subscribe now if you haven't. Uh, And if you're able to leave a review, that would be ace as well. It does help more people become aware of the podcast and also let them know a little bit about what to expect in terms of the content that we have here. Today I'm delighted to be joined for the third time uh, and it's really ace to sit down and just have a conversation about, uh, well, um, a range of stuff really. I mean we talked about travelling, well-being, Russell Brand, Donald Trump, liberalism, labels, uh, yeah, a lot of different stuff. It was really cool to sit down and I'd say talk about maybe some not necessarily taboo subjects, but things that we're definitely discouraged from talking about or sharing opinions on. Uh, so it's really nice to sit down and, and have that conversation with Amir. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, if you want to hear more about Amir, I'd recommend going back and uh, checking some of the previous episodes that Amir has been on, and I'll link those in the description if you want to go back and check those out. But Amir also has his own podcast where he talks about wrestling and a lot of the stuff that goes on around that. So I'd recommend going and checking out the WrestlePlug podcast and you can find that on pretty much everywhere you would listen to a podcast. So make sure you go and check those guys out. They've also got um, an amazing Facebook group where there's a lot of conversation and interaction going on. So you can check that out as well. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, if you'd like to come on and share your own story, uh, your own experiences or thoughts about certain things. Uh, get in contact over at mikesopenjournal.com where you can find out all the information about the podcast and some other uh, campaigns and projects that I'm involved with as well. 
not much more to say, I don't think, other than I've really enjoyed sitting down with Amir and, and recording this episode, and hopefully we'll be able to get Amir back on uh, quicker than we did this time. I think it, we mentioned it being a year, year and a half since the last episode, so really cool to sit down, and I hope you guys enjoy this, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon, but for now, here is episode 149. Amir, it's awesome to have you back on the podcast. Um, and how, how has how has your week been? What have you been up to this week? Well, I've been up to this week. Um, well, actually, good timing. Uh, I just came off of obviously it's only what day is it today? It is Tuesday. Yes, it is. Thank God, I'm still self aware. Um, last week, uh, me and the girlfriend uh, basically went on this blind road trip, so <laughs> we had a week available uh, between the two of us before we before she starts her new job and mm. she basically said i want to go on holiday and we looked at all these holidays and thought they're all really boring places where you're going to spend hundreds of pounds to sit on a sunbed and not really do a great deal and we're not really those kind of people we like sun but we're more inclined to go on adventures so we literally jumped in the car on monday and decided so that we'll drive wherever see how we go try and do all the things that we've always wanted to do on the uk mainland and see how far we go and we came back saturday um after about three and a half thousand miles worth of traveling and uh pretty exhausted oh and that sounds like an amazing idea um and you've had good weather for it but um i'd always be like oh are you suddenly gonna kind of get to the end of the week and have not gone very far but it sounds like you've actually traveled around quite a bit where did you go um so monday we drove to so we basically said to ourselves let's book tickets to longley because we've never done longley we love Mm -hmm. animals uh do the safari there went to longley and then just kind of winged it so i thought what's nearby our bath's nearby let's go down to bath spa get some beautiful photos there's this lovely little kind of tranquil spot on top of a hill that overlooks all of the city and you can get this absolute money shot and of course my girlfriend's a photographer so you know for her being able to boost her portfolio and get some photography is great and then you know we're doing sort of dinners as we go we did the safari at longley a cheeky little monkey stole my uh washer from me car thank you very much a camel chewed on my aerial that's not a euphemism uh, all kinds of crazy things went off a deer stuck its head into my car and decided to feed on whatever it could find and all kinds of great stuff um and then like oh, I mean, it just carried on from there. It rolled, like we say, we went to Bath. Then the next day we went to a place called Le Coq. I absolutely um, cannot stress this enough. It is a real place <laughs> called Le Coq. <laughs> and the Abbey there is where they filmed a large portion of the indoor scenes of Harry Potter in Hogwarts. Oh. They actually used this area because it's quite a cool beautiful venue so i went to that and then we drove to lincoln we stayed in gainsborough we did lincoln cathedral the lincoln high street steep hill which is very famous for being surprised very steep um then we went to york and checked out the chocolate tour there went to northumberland went to annick castle went to the infamous poison garden it's a garden uh, dedicated solely to plants that can kill you absolutely awesome yeah. um yeah and then just kind of thought we got within 45 minutes of the scottish border and thought shite <laughs> we haven't got enough time we need to go back and so we just kind of slowly sauntered right back down the length and breadth of the country but i cannot stress enough how cool the united kingdom particularly england is and mm-hmm. if you get the opportunity if you have time seriously consider some of these things because the amount of things we were able to do and see and people we met and places we went to eat and just the tranquil moments being able to see the sunset in different places 
it's actually sometimes you wonder why people spend thousands going to the Maldives and Jamaica. Don't get me wrong, absolutely do that too. But there was so much there. And of course, from a mental health aspect, which is what we're obviously focused on, mm. it's so refreshing and so thrilling to open up the mind, free yourself into that environment. And just, you know, the free will really teaches your mind a lot about what you're capable of. I didn't realize that I was capable of just, because I'm a very organized, stressy person at times. I'm just like, oh, I need to know what I'm doing ahead of time. Otherwise I get frustrated. And with this, I was liberated from that and completely removed from that kind of facet of my mind so i was able to sort of sit and think right okay we haven't got a hotel booked and we're supposed to be staying somewhere in i don't know an hour and a half newark north muscombe 39 quid that'll do boom do that you're taken away from the all these little mind hurdles you'll find particularly when you suffer with any kind of mental health problems or issues so to speak is that you will overthink tremendously everything and in this scenario that you're removed from that you can't just sit there and spend hours upon hours a day thinking hmm well i'm gonna look at TripAdvisor. oh my god somebody somebody didn't have the correct level of souffle temperature therefore i'm going to absolutely lose my nuts like it wasn't <laughs> like that like there was this inability to think you had to just move and i think that's always been for me one of the big premises of mental health is try not to allow yourself too much time to overthink a scenario or if you do know that you're going to be in a situation where you think, oh i've got days upon days to think about something fill those days with something so that all of a sudden the thinking side of things just naturally dissipates because you don't have the time to consistently barrage your own brain with overthinking so what were you planning ahead or was it literally sort of each day or even each kind of couple of hours at a time each day yeah yeah excuse me uh found itself with a different challenge like you say um with the most planning ahead we did was the sunday where we thought well let's book tickets to longley and of course okay. You've, you know, if you're savvy, you can get discounts and things like that. But for instance, like we had, we wrote down a list of things we'd like to do and ended up not really doing a lot of those things and actually doing other things that we found. What was really cool was every night That's we got really to nice. our hotel, my girlfriend Ella would grab a load of flyers and whatnot and she would just look for all these flyers and say, that looks pretty cool. Cool, let's give that a look and yeah. if it suits us, we'll do it on the way tomorrow. And yeah. That's really I'm, nice and that fits in with, like you say, that kind of not, um i guess overthinking certain things like you've got a kind of a plan there if there's nothing else that comes up but you're also really flexible about if we don't do that or we do it later then that's completely okay yeah absolutely um for instance we got to newcastle we stayed in gateshead one night and progress wrestling was in newcastle ironically the same day and i'd be thinking for weeks oh, i'd love to go to that show but i can't because you know it's just such a you know a jaunt up to newcastle yeah and then all of a sudden you find yourself next door and you don't end up going anyway <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> a typical life of said wrestler and whatever else you want to call me but yeah I, honestly for anyone listening if you get an opportunity if you've got enough time and you have the ability and the freedom to drive and you know maybe camp somewhere if you're not too overhauled by the idea of staying in a random cheap hotel or you know camping somewhere i honestly cannot recommend it enough it's so liberating and you'll find that you explore and discover so many things that you never thought even existed in this country i think that's a big thing isn't it about when you go away and you're like you're looking at these different places and you're picking out a specific place you want to go abroad and you'll meet people when you're there and they're like oh have you, what's this place like and you're like i don't know i never even heard of it let alone been there 
and it's surprising how little we really do explore or adventure within um, say the UK but probably even just outside of our local area really um, like how often um, are you kind of just exploring say a mile away from your home and I, I'd never really thought about places like like we're really close to the new forest um and you i think i've probably been there once and it's really not far away i don't know distant uh, probably 50 miles maybe i don't know maybe that's a bit much Um, yeah it's, it's just it's not that far and to think that i've only been there once i think is a real shame and it's that side of you just yeah you you don't recognize what's nearby so to have or to not to have because i think we've all got the opportunity but to take advantage of that opportunity and actually go and explore and um travel around and see some of the stuff that you guys wanted to see um is really amazing and really cool that you kind of both on board were doing that mental hurdles i think are very important um you know, you mentioned the fact that so many people, it was amazing to me. I came home and friends were like, oh, I was watching an Instagram story. I had no idea that was there. Oh, I had no mm. idea that was there. We went to Annick Castle and did like a 30-minute film tour. And in that time, we were shown like the key spots of filming for Harry Potter. And, you know, there were so many moments in that film that were filmed in like this tiny little courtyard, and which is made to look incredible. You know, there were places, we were shown places where Hagrid would walk. And mm. we were shown um, the wall where, you know, Beckett was filmed filmed with Richard Burton and the Transformers film as well you know there was a shot where the artillery fired upon I think it was Bumblebee and we saw the area where they like just fired it and little things like that and you think wow these are like multi-million dollar multi-billion dollar you know corporations filming executives all these different things and they're on your doorstep and I think when you talk about mental hurdles I I think people have had it drilled into themselves not only because of their own uh issues or you know problems Mm. or any problematic stuff that's happened with mental health but also because of there is a mainstream media attitude of don't go outside you will die there are brown people outside be be (laughs) fearful of everything like it's it's horseshit frankly Mm. um people have had it shoved down their throats um you know if I can use an example um you know fairly morbid example i suppose my mum is very shall we say conservative and she's of the belief that you know there's a lot of fear outside she doesn't really enjoy going outside she has a lot of fear about going outside and i'm like the complete opposite and we're always butting heads constantly and arguing and whatever it may be a lot of culture clash and personality clash but you know she's of the mentality because the day mail has told her so that if you go outside you are more than likely going to suffer and that's not Mm. just it's just simply not the case actually um being outside is liberating Going out and seeing the world that you have been created in is liberating. And I think one of the biggest hurdles with anyone who suffers mentally, whether it be anxiety, depression, any kind of designated or diagnosed issue, whether it be bipolar, etc., millions upon millions that you can look at on this landscape, I think one of the key things is not allowing that condition to then spur on this belief that if you go outside, if you try and adventure, if you try and go out and see the world for what it is, that you are going to suffer in some form or fashion. Negativity, hurdles, obstacles, those kind of things are just day-to-day issues. And the problem is when you are, and I've been in this situation hundreds of times, and still am to this day, where your brain or your condition or whatever's wrong with you will tell you, 
unfortunately, you know, those mental hurdles, those obstacles, those difficulties and those negativities of life. Oh, they're a facet of who you are. Actually, they're not. They're actually not in any way. What they are is just something that can unfortunately coincide with the difficulties that you will struggle with. And I think as soon as you kind of not necessarily embrace it, but just decide to throw a punch back and see what you want to see, irregardless of how you're feeling, you'll notice how quickly uh, things will dissipate. Or you will just carry it with you and learn to accept it nonetheless. But I cannot urge and stress enough, go outside, go and see things that are amazing. Like you say, New Forest is an hour down the road. It's beautiful, the New Forest, and none of us realise it because we're too busy grinding day to day and kind of making ourselves believe that, you know, those things aren't in existence almost. We've kind of tried Mm. to erase them from our brains and that's not healthy. It's really, really difficult. I think you get into that routine, don't you? You go to work, you come home, have your dinner, watch an hour of telly or whatever, and then that's that's pretty much your day done. And I think, um, yeah, it's fine to have a day or a couple of days like that, but if that's your routine and that's every day, it's really difficult to get out of that and to talk to new people, to go to new places and, and do different things. Um and it is trying to encourage people like, at the simplest, you know, just to step outside, even if it's into the garden. It's it's just making sure that you're um, kind of taking advantage of those opportunities that are there. Um, like you say, driving around the country, that's an opportunity realistically. Okay, some of us might not drive, but we could have travelled another way. We've pretty much all got that opportunity within reason, but... Um, most people are not taking up that opportunity and I think it's yeah it's having a sense of awareness I guess of what what do you want to do and and why aren't you doing that at the moment how could that be more accessible how can we make that part of you know you don't have to be doing it every day but no let's enjoy some of that stuff that's around you that you've got access to I don't believe in excuses um although you know even in the most hypocritical sense i'm sure i still make them Mm. i don't believe there is an excuse to live dormantly and this is why you know for instance i mentioned my mum. this is why we have such a butting of heads constantly because she believes that you know having cats to look after on a day-to-day basis is an excuse um you know i have a friend who is a professional wrestler a very good one as well and she is a single mother of four children So she can find the time to not only do that, but also be a personal trainer, uh, to work in a events management field as well. She basically does three different jobs, uh, one of which includes traveling around the country in Europe, entertaining crowds, and yet still has enough energy and time to consistently provide for four young children. You know, admittedly, one of them is now in college, which, of course, makes it a little bit easier. But, you know, this is a single mother of four. And I continuously hear people tell me, and I'm sure they're listening right now, people of this ilk <laughs> sort of say, you know, and I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. So if you don't like it, tough. Um, there is no excuse within your life not to at least achieve something. It doesn't have to be every day. It could just be once a week, once mm. a month. But if you are literally, how often have you met somebody who has the old school kind of mentality? Oh, I could have been a contender. I could have done this. I could have done that. Oh, I, I wasn't afforded the opportunity. Opportunities to do what? Mm. You are afforded the opportunity to breathe. Therefore, you are afforded the opportunity to live. And therefore, you are afforded the opportunity to see what is around you. You don't have to do what I did and travel, I don't know, <laughs> six 
700 miles to see a castle involved in Harry Potter on a whim, but you can easily go for a walk to your local park. You can easily take in the most simplistic moments of nature. I'll give you an idea of how hardwired I am in this mentality. I'm driving home. I live down a road uh, just outside of Portsmouth in Waterlooville. It's a very simple road. And on my road is a hill. So it starts off as a hill and then it goes down the hill and you get to my house. That's part of the road. When I got to the top of the hill, uh, I noticed that the sky was very orange and very just it just blossomed with color. Mm. And as a budding photographer and obviously having a photographer girlfriend and now having that kind of hardwired mentality of always seeing an image, I just stopped, got out of my car, took a photo and just sat in my bonnet for five minutes and just looked at it and thought, that's really beautiful. That's really pretty. That in its own right is one moment of tranquility and a moment that you can carry forward and you can talk about that moment or you can just think about that moment in times of strife. And I'm tired of hearing people tell me, somebody who has suffered greatly with everything that goes into the mental health package, you know, people tell me all the time, well, you know, I would do this, but I haven't got time to do this. I haven't got time to do that. It's like, well, I know people who have much more difficult or much more strenuous lifestyles than you do who find the time it's very much a mental hurdle if you've hardwired yourself to believe that you don't have to or you don't have the time to do something even if you do you're going to just say you don't and the, and the reality is a matter of times that person will say to me oh, i don't have time to do this but yet they somehow find time to send you a request for candy crush every day astonishes me <laughs> it really does you know i by no means a supreme athlete i'm certainly not somebody who goes running mile after mile like your good friend here michael does <laughs> uh, you know but i still find the time to do things because what is the point i don't want to get to 60 70 years old god forbid and think oh yeah. That's life, is it? Yeah. What did I do with my life? Oh, well, I grafted nine to five and I, you know, I paid the rent every single month. Yeah, yeah, but what did you actually do? Did you see any? Oh, no, I was too busy working. <laughs> like, mm. Well, with all due respect, if that's your goal, that's fantastic. But that isn't for me. And I know a lot of people out there listening. And it's not me trying to give you a pep talk. It's me simply saying, don't forget that life is still moving. And don't forget that that clock is continuously ticking. And eventually, that clock will stop ticking. And at that point, the most important thing will be, what did you do with your time? Because your time is your own. It's nobody else's. It's yours. And what you designate and dedicate it to will define what your legacy is. I think that's a really important thing to consider. And I think that you've got really nice examples as well of, yeah, there are, uh, uh, a bigger, I don't know if bigger is the right word, bigger things like the travelling around the country, but it's also that just stopping sometimes. And like you say, having that moment to look at the sky. Um, and I think that's so important to get people in that mindset of there, there is opportunity, there is stuff that's accessible to you. Um, I think the last... The, the last recording I did with Abby and she was talking about one of her well-being things was to go outside barefoot and look at the, uh, the sky and the stars and stuff. And I was like, that's amazing because that's one of those things like I, I quite like standing outside and looking at the, the stars, but often there's so much light you can't really see. I was like, but I never make the effort to go somewhere where it is a bit darker so I could actually do something that I quite like. 
Um, and it's it's being mindful of that. And I think that's that's really important. Um, and that's not to mention the like you say when your when your time comes or when you're not feeling great to be able to look back and go actually no I did I did that or I saw that or I experienced that are hugely uh, motivational and empowering things to remember and maybe they're long yeah maybe they're long things maybe it's that you had an amazing job or you had an amazing relationship or whatever but it might also be just small snippets and those small moments that stand out for you um and they their value is yeah immeasurable i think particularly when or if you do have certain mental struggles to be able to reflect back on those positive moments is so important um and so recognising them and taking advantage of them um, becomes even more so, I think. I think, um, you know, sort of putting an exclamation point on it for me, mm, mm. I'm all about quotes, quotations. Uh, you know, I'm an English lunatic. I love the English language. I love everything that goes with it. I enjoy the fact I can be so eloquent despite the fact that I appear to be somebody who would most likely eat a raw chicken and then, <laughs> you know, try and clump you over the head. Um, there is this mentality of I've always said to myself and it's a quote. It's not a quote that I've stolen from anyone. It's a quote that I just say and if it attaches itself to people, great. Uh, I always say, live a life that's worth living three times over in that same time period. So the mentality is, you know, live a life that could be filled in three lives. You know, people say to me, oh, you've done so much already. Oh, you're only 34 and you've done all of this. It's like, yeah, because I didn't stop because I can't. And you know what? I didn't do that, you know, <laughs> despite, um, you know, with my depression and sort of, I didn't stop even though I had depression, I didn't stop, even though I tried to kill myself, I didn't stop, even though I was constantly self-harming, I just kept going, even though I was doing all those things too, those things aren't great, those things aren't fantastic, those things aren't things that people should, on a day-to-day basis, feel or think, but they are, unfortunately, part of my makeup, so, despite that, I just thought, well, I'm still going to go to wrestling training, I'm still going to try and become a photographer, I'm still going to try and make candles for them, I'm still going to try and be mm. self-sustaining, and I did a lot of that while still working 40, 50 hours a week in a job I hated, you know, trying to pay bills, not having any money, I still did all of that, so, you know, when people say to me, oh, well, you don't have kids to feed, or oh, you don't have this to do, or this to do, no, I had my other things to do, like everybody mm. else does, Everybody has something different, uh, insignificant or significant. Somebody has something difficult or something not so difficult. We all have different things that we consider to be hurdles or obstacles. The idea is not that life is a pissing contest. The idea is that each and every one of us has something different to behold and understand. And in that time frame and in that period, we choose what kind of person we want to be despite of those things, even if they're good or bad. Having kids, you know, when people turn around to me, that's the one I hear all the time. Oh, well, you don't have kids to look after. No, I don't. I didn't choose to have kids either. You did. That mm. doesn't mean that you have to make choices that define whether you are happy or not. You can actually still do things. And, you know, I go back to my friend who's got four children and yeah. is a single mother. If she can somehow still 
achieve all of her dreams and yet cook a wonderful dinner for her kids every night. What's your excuse, realistically? Mm. Don't come back to me and say, and listen to this podcast and say, oh, you know, you, are, you, know you, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that. No, instead of saying about me and making it about what I've said to you, make it about yourself. And Russell Brand is somebody that people vilify and other people enjoy. I love him because what he does is he sits there on a day-to-day basis and says, these things that bother you, the jealousy of what other people are doing or the thoughts of what somebody else is doing or, you know, oh, I'm going to make it about you all of a sudden because you're attacking me when actually I'm not. I'm just looking to sort of give you some motivation or mm. if something else, something to think about. He always says that comes back to you. Why are you jealous? Maybe your jealousy is a good thing. Maybe your jealousy is a spark that needs to ignite something that says to you, right, well, do you know what? I'm jealous of that guy who looks so much more beautiful than you. Does he look more beautiful than you, though? Maybe you just want to look more beautiful for yourself. Maybe it's got nothing to do with that person. And that's more often or not where life will take you. How often have you met somebody and they've made some disparaging remark about you or they've bullied you or they've abused you in some way? That's never about you. That's always about that person. And it sounds really cliche and it sounds really, you know, like I'm speaking from some horseshit Christian, you know, <laughs> stick it up a um, motivational class or some fat camp. And that's a lot of garbage too. Everything is about self-fulfillment and how you want to do it. You have a choice of how you want to do it. You don't need anyone to tell you. You don't need me to tell you that you have the opportunity to fulfill who you are, or at least achieve things. And fulfillment comes from achievement and achievement comes from understanding what it is that you like to do and what makes you happy. Mm. Nothing more and nothing less. I really, that, uh, the kind of discussions that I think um, I've seen Russell Brown pick up more, I guess in the last year or so, I've sort of become more aware of the... I guess the more mindfulness or the more well-being type um, kind of discussions that he's had, and um, he was always like a comedian. I didn't, I never really liked him as a personality or as a comedian before. Absolutely same here. And um, when he started doing some of the the mindfulness stuff, it came. I think I struggled with it because it was such a disparity from the image or the persona that I kind of had in mind of what he was before. I really found a disconnect with it. I, I couldn't get on board. Um, but definitely in the last year, I've, I've seen a couple of the videos and thought, there are some that I just don't quite connect with, but I definitely don't dislike. And then there are some that I just really, I'm like, this is amazing. This is really insightful. It's really thought provoking. Um, and I think to some extent, because he was such a big personality, you've just got to kind of try and put that to one side. And if you just listen to what he says... It, it's it's really interesting. Um, I've got to say, I've um, recently, I think it came last week, um, ordered one of his books just based off of some of the videos um, that I've seen. I was just like, I just want to sit and read a bit more about this idea and this kind of thought process that he's got and this approach he has to life, I guess, essentially. Um, because it is really interesting and I think it's, interesting to hear it from someone that is or does seem to be a bit more of an extrovert um but also someone that is um very articulate uh, is really interesting because i think often when you hear the sort of stuff that he speaks about i'm used to it being someone quite quiet or quite 
kind of, uh, I don't know, sm uh, small doesn't feel quite right, but small in kind of stature or personality or not as much of a character, um, which he still is. And um, yeah, it's just really interesting to hear that sort of stuff from him. Um, so, oh yeah, I've, I've got one of the books. I can't remember which one it is because I think there's three. Um, so I'm looking forward to hopefully getting a chance to read that maybe in the summer um, because I just think there's some really interesting stuff in there and um, it's just nice isn't it to hear those different ideas and different ways of thinking to kind of test yourself or I think it's nice I quite enjoy that sort of stuff that kind of challenges the way that you think and you're like either it will reinforce what you think or um, maybe there's I guess there's parts of it maybe that you can agree with and go oh actually that's slightly different or it can completely challenge and change your view and I think that's really important and um, and yeah, I'm, so I'm looking forward to reading that and, and seeing a little bit more because I don't see many of the the videos and stuff that he does. Um, but the ones that I have seen are really, really interesting. One thing that I'm learning as I get older, because I'm becoming grumpy old man uh, very quickly, <laughs> is the get off my lawn. Like I just kind of <laughs> I catch myself at moments now where I'm just like, like for instance, my girlfriend's a little bit younger than me. She's not. Don't worry, she's not like superbly young, so don't freak out. But she's sort of in her mid to late twenties, so she's kind of just discovering really what I have already gone through, which is this, you know, hilarious clusterfuck of age. And I've now at a point where I'm kind of almost at peace with the fact that I'm becoming old, but at the same time catch myself doing such annoying things that I hated. I'm in the middle ground now. <laughs> when you're a kid, you're like, oh, adults are so boring. They're so uncool. Like I don't want to hear anything they have to say. And now I'm at that age where I'm trying to kind of help and support younger people who are going through the same thing and they're looking at me in that same way and thinking shut up old man you've got a giant beard and you're bold and nobody cares I'm like oh god bloody I've become the person I hated most when I was 16 and that's what we're all gonna do and then you kind of realize ah oh, shit that's, we're all just doing that anyway we're all gonna have to go through that in some form and fashion but something that really irks people and I mentioned this and it drives them crazy is my insistence on taking facets of mentality and ideas of living from things that people don't like. So, as an example, some of the most supremely negative things I have ever seen in life have still given you some form of lesson or understanding about life. And you're not allowed to say it because it'll make you unpopular <laughs> but even the most vilified people in the history of mankind have had good ideas mm -hmm. and if you say that people are like oh, you, how dare you no you the problem is the people who argue with me can't disassociate the individual with the thought process mm, i think we see it a lot or i say we i feel like i see that a lot with um uh, famous performers that have subsequently had certain stories about their personal life exposed and it's really difficult because you're like I really enjoyed their work um and it's it's do you have a disconnect between you can just enjoy that but not necessarily be a supporter of that person as an individual um and it can be I guess kind of the thing that you're talking about is that um, rather than maybe a particular piece of their work, actually a, a particular idea or thought process um, that they might have in place can actually be a really positive thing, even if you don't like 
um, the kind of the overall person or everything. You're like, well, it's not everything that I'm saying is good. It's this particular thing or this particular idea um, and that kind of disassociation with one thing isn't kind of everything to that person. Evolution of the human mind, which admittedly is not for everybody, it seems, judging by some of the people I see and some of their thoughts. Um, the evolution of who you are as a person stems from what you take from everything, not just what you like. I truly believe that. I truly believe you don't evolve as much as you should do as a human being if you solely just, you know, people say block out negativity and to an extent i believe that for instance i saw something you shared on twitter mm. uh if somebody uh constantly tweets things that give you a negative and uncomfortable vibe and make you unhappy and affect your lifestyle then absolutely unfollow that person do not waste your time with people like that. do not make friends with people who associate themselves with things that you see you know that make you unhappy mm. or make you feel at negative odds with your karma your sort of spirituality etc etc but at the same time for instance i'll give you an example donald trump is a hilarious orange-headed buffoon um but whether you like it or not. So what do we, you know, we're in a political landscape, and I'm going to turn this into a Tory hour or whatever, but we're in a political landscape where there's a lot of things that make people tense, and there's a lot of subjects that make people angry, and you can use buzzwords like Brexit and immigration, and people freak. Mm. And just for the record, I am mixed race, so don't be pulling any bullshit race cards with me, because it won't work very well. <laughs> um, I'm very well educated on the subject. What do we crave most? in our political landscape we crave honesty don't we mm. we crave reality and realism and a real mind and a real voice how often do you say god i'm so sick and tired of theresa may or david cameron this goes on for generations they just lie to us that's because they're politicians they're hardwired to do so mm. so when you're finally in this day and age given a politician who whether it be sensible or intelligent or not tells you what he genuinely thinks all of a sudden people are like Oh, well, you're just a fucking idiot because all you do is just say all the things that you're not supposed to say. It's like, ah, ah, ah. You can't have it both ways, I'm afraid. If you want to understand what it's like to have a politician who genuinely speaks his mind, whether that be correct or not, whether that be politically correct to you or not, whether you understand that or not, you know, for instance, Donald Trump, whether you like it or not, is very popular. There's, you don't get him to be president if you're not. <laughs> And the reality is that people like Donald Trump, not because he's a great human being, but because he's a real human being. And sometimes real human beings are useless idiots. Sometimes real human beings are scum. They are assholes. And whether you like that or not, or whether you want to accept that or not, that is why Donald Trump as a whole is so popular. But you're not allowed to say that because otherwise people get offended because they're offended by everything and there's offended culture and all that kind of stuff. And Personally, I believe that if you don't dissect and analyze what he's doing for good or for bad, mm. um, then you don't get to move forward as well as you should. And there's a reason why people are, what do you always hear from people? We need to learn the lessons of the past. Well, we're not learning any at the moment. All we're doing is just shitting on everything <laughs> and the world is just full of misery and, oh, God, atomic bombs and everything. For instance, the best TV series I've ever seen has just finished. It's called Chernobyl. It's based on real-life events. It's not a very fun event, Chernobyl, and people don't want to speak of it with great joy because there is no joy involved in an event like said event of Chernobyl. However, what these TV series gives us 
is more than an opportunity to just enjoy and understand a entertainment medium. It also gives us an opportunity to revisit history and understand why people made mistakes that they did and why human ego and human attitude shaped the very landscape of the Soviet Union. And it was human ego and human error that caused that and brought about the greatest nuclear disaster of our time but yet people don't really want to say that they just want to kind of sit live in this kind of bubble that's fine if you do i'm of the opinion that everything has some kind of facet or some kind of knowledge what i'm really getting at is irregardless of whether you like something or not there's always something to be taken from it whether it be the most horrific crimes of mankind or something really joyous like a little puppy dog running past you there's always something to be taken from that there's always a lesson or an understanding from that and we can all learn whether we want to or not from everything whether it be fun and happy or like i say the most vile and maladjusted moments in humankind there's something to be taken from everything there really is I think there's, it's that, for me, I think it's having that, uh, the balance and the awareness. So I think the, um, like, where you, the, like the starting example of like the who you follow, I think that's really important kind of on both sides. Like for your, I don't know, for your, for your well-being, for your mindset, if you find a load of stuff that one or a particular group of people um, post, yeah, like unfollow that. Don't kind of engage in in that. However, I do think it's also really important to be mindful of who you're surrounding yourself with. And I've had um, a few conversations recently about the kind of like mental health awareness in general um, and how potentially we're getting to a stage where actually people do have a high level of awareness of, of what it is and what's going on. Um, but I also think it's it's really important to gauge like how have you come up with that for uh, and what's led to that. Is it because a lot of people around you are talking about it, they're sharing resources, talking about their experience? Okay, but you have to some extent tailored the people that are around you and they are people that share a similar interest or passion or life experience and so they are going to have more awareness because of how you've created that kind of community around you. And I think that's that side of um, when uh, when you were talking about kind of the Trump side, I I, rem- I think, I can't remember if it was a programme or an article, and um, it was basically about how I think, because it was the same month that we had our Brexit referendum and then there was the Trump election in America. I think that was within the same month. And um, there there was a lot of kind of polling beforehand that seemed to indicate that we would vote the opposite way to the, the result and equally in America, the voting would be the other way around. Um, and subsequently, there was some research that went into sort of saying, actually, a lot of people that voted the way they did were kind of shamed, and so they weren't talking before the vote about their their kind of their thoughts. People that were wanting to vote leave um, or wanting to vote for Trump were kind of shouted down, and so they weren't talking about why they were going to make those votes. Um, they didn't feel willing or able to talk about that. Um, and so those views were kind of squashed until you get to the moment when people vote and you're like, 
what is everyone doing? Why are you doing that? Um, you know, well, because you've discouraged conversation. And so the people that have certain views that don't align with yours have not engaged with you and you haven't engaged mm. with them. So, yeah, you've basically made it a random thing because you haven't opened that conversation up. And I think that's the side of the kind of the our referendum, but the Trump election, I find really interesting um, because so much of the media is based around um, like these people being very aggressive or being stupid that have voted in a certain way. Um, and I think actually, yeah, these people have got a different mindset and they've voted a different way to the way I would want to. But they will think I'm voting a different way to the way that they want to. And actually it's, it's a dialogue and understanding why people have made up those views um, and like you say, actually, it's just recognising we've all got a different mindset. There is going to be a positive side, I think, to everyone's story at some stage. There's always going to be something in there that's a strength, that's a benefit. It's That's being shouted down because like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that because that's what I say you shouldn't be doing. Um, and I think that's really difficult, especially when we do what I feel like a lot of the work around mental health is about encouraging conversation and you look around in predominantly mainstream media, but in a lot of different places where actually conversation isn't encouraged. It's like, do you think this? Oh, great. You think the same as us. Do you think something else? Why do you think that, you idiot? You should be in prison. You're a criminal. You're deluded. You're doing this. Um, and it, Hold on. I think, yeah, very much conversation is discouraged. Um, and it's just, it's really difficult, I think, when that becomes your when that becomes your focus, when you're like, oh, no, I want to talk about these things that we consider taboo or that we don't talk about. Why do I want to talk? Because I don't know enough about them, because I lack education, I lack awareness around them. Um, I remember, this is slightly going off, um, a couple of years ago, um, I was I'd been on like a work trip and there were, I think, four or five of us in a car and we were driving back from Cardiff to Southampton and uh, there was, yeah, say there's four of us in the car, three of us are um, English, British, uh, and then one person was uh, originally, f I, ca I can't remember which one, originally from Russia, moved to somewhere in Europe, and then came to the UK. And we started talking about immigration, and very quickly she was like, oh, people don't usually talk to me about immigration because they're worried about offending me or what I'll say and not agreeing and I was like oh do you not want to talk about it and she was like no I really like to talk about it it's just people don't usually ask me about it and I was like right let's talk about it then so we sat there and had a conversation and everyone else the other two or three people in the car sat in silence for about half an hour um just because it's not a conversation that we're kind of empowered or encouraged to talk about and go oh you might disagree or you might think something different or you might not know and I was like but this is a person that has experienced immigration um, and actually they have more knowledge and more experience than I do. We might have different views and that's completely okay. And part of that is potentially because they have that greater experience. Um, predominantly we did have, we had the same kind of thought, but that our processes were different, but it was a really cool conversation. And I just feel like, oh, that's, it's constantly discouraged that when we do, have those opportunities to talk to people with different experiences or mindsets it's like oh well, don't talk about that um you know 
and I, th- I see it a lot at the moment with the the Tory side. It's like, oh, yeah, Tory scum. And like, okay, well, how how are you expecting there to be change or dialogue? Where where's the con- kind of context for that? Um, and I I have to admit, I I can always fall back on. I think I've I've voted um, individually for Labour, Conservatives. Lib Dems and the Green Party now, so I feel like I'm I'm right in that swinging voter category. So I feel like oh, that's it's almost gives me an extra excuse to have those conversations sometimes. But it is really difficult when, yeah, that's discouraged. I think a lot of the time. One of the biggest issues. Um, I was very lucky when I went to university. I studied under lecturers that were very much focused on the mindset of you're becoming an adult, you should think for yourself. And believe it or not, the majority of people I've met at least don't think for themselves. They Mm. think based on a premise that's handed to them. Mm. Um, This is something that will trigger everyone in the (laughs) region especially, and I can't wait to say this. I think the term liberal is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Because as far as I'm concerned, you've created a label and a bracket to make yourself sound like a good person when in actual fact, being a good human being should stand alone as a trait of the individual and as the masses as well. Being a good person, for instance, I was told by a very strong liberal, I'm going to use that in quotations, (laughs) that I am a liberal person. I'm a liberal because I believe that gay people should have equal rights. Hmm. Newsflash, dickhead. Everyone <laughs> should believe that. And if you don't, you're an idiot. If you don't believe that an individual, because they have a different premise or a different lifestyle to you, that doesn't make me a liberal. No, what that does is that puts me in the bracket that you consider to be liberal. And I think that's a load of horseshit. I hate this idea of, oh, Brighton is amazing because it's full of gay people. Um, excuse me, (laughs) everywhere should have gay people, everywhere should have straight people, everywhere should have everything, because people should enjoy freedom of movement. And the same people who tell me that they're amazing because they're liberal and they live in a certain area which promotes liberalism are the same people who tell me that people should be afforded free movement. I'm like, so what you're saying is, ah, if you want to be cool, you have to live in Brighton. However, I also believe in freedom of movement and everyone should be able to express themselves everywhere. <laughs> but we'd prefer it if you did it in Brighton. <laughs> that to me smacks of the opposite of what you call yourself, which is liberal. I hate to single out Brighton because there are so many places across the world that do this. But if I meet a gay person in Newcastle, or if I meet a gay person in Lisbon or Cairo or wherever it may be, that should be as equal a celebrated fact as it is anywhere else. Mm. Everyone should be celebrated for their uniqueness and their individuality. And when I'm told that, oh, if you vote for something that isn't liberal, then Mm. you're not a liberal person. I don't care with all due respect because I don't care about your stupid little brackets and your silly little labels. We're obsessed with this idea of labels and colors. And we've been doing this since the beginning of time. What is racism at its core? It's about putting labels on people because we don't want to understand them as individuals. And that's where the education comes from. What What is racism at its core function? It is the ability to hate something that you either don't understand or have been taught that is not in line with what you think. 
And how do you teach otherwise? You do exactly that. You teach, you educate, you understand. You do not scream blue in somebody's face that I'm a liberal, therefore I understand things better than you do. No, actually, you don't. And the great point that you made was that, you know, you had this immigrant, for lack of a better term, mm. as an individual who was born in Russia in your car. So, hmm. When we're talking about immigration, shall we just get in a massive room of people who don't know anything about immigration to say, oh, yes, anybody who doesn't like an immigrant is a disgusting, racist human being. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you actually bothered to go out and consult people mm. who have gone through this immigration system? You're no better than that idiot charity worker who comes up to me every day and says, excuse me, sir. Do you understand that there are homeless people all around the world who are struggling? And if you don't give me two pounds a month, those people will continue to struggle. Actually, actually, dipshit, you're still at university. What do you actually know about going out to Africa itself like I have done? And that's not me sitting here saying, oh, I know better than you. No, simply put, I've been to a lot of places in Africa where people live in absolute evil poverty. And then I'm approached by some dipshit who's read way too many liberal columns in the independent and then wants to tell me about how oh you don't understand i'm more informed because i'm liberal no you're not information education is down to an individual premise it's not down to being part of a label or a color or a creed or a faction of any kind and when we start the big slippery slope for us was when we started putting things into brackets oh you're either conservative or labor Oh, actually, turns out you can change your opinions. Ah, but that doesn't suit our propaganda push. So we're just going to say you're either blue or red if you don't want to. <laughs> Such a dumb mentality, a dumb mentality. And the problem is, until we get away from the idea, this is just my opinion, by the way. You don't have to care about it or listen to it. But for me, until we get away from this concept of labels and putting people into brackets and color, we aren't going to really further ourselves properly and we aren't going to evolve properly because what we do by creating factions is we create areas where people can amass money and all of a sudden materialistic possessions. Now all of a sudden these factions, it's not just a case of I'm a, a good person who believes in equal rights for all sexuality. All of a sudden I'm affiliated with liberal. That means I have to fly a certain flag. Now I'm not saying wearing a rainbow or you know rainbow colored items or that pride flag is a bad thing by any means because what it stands for is actually very important uh you know there's nothing more hilarious to me than when somebody says how oh, come there isn't a straight pride day it's like hmm um, welcome to monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday <laughs> that is you don't have to live in persecution because you're white welcome <laughs> to fantastic privileges you dickhead this is just Oh, unbelievable. Those people are astonishing. For me, the most important thing I can say, and the most simplest way I can say it is be free thinking and honestly embrace whatever truly makes you believe in a better world. Because if it does, chances are it probably will in some way lead to something better. You know, if you wake up and you decide one day, I really want to put a lot of effort and time and money into protesting for equal rights and, you know, gay marriage across the entire world. That's fantastic. Go and do that. Don't walk around and call yourself a liberal. Just know that you're a good person and that you're doing right by yourself and the people around you and the society that wants to do well. And just tell the rest of them to fuck off. It's as simple as that. But we can't do that. Because the ironic thing is, people would rather scream and shout until they go blue in the face than simply sit down, take a breath, 
and try and educate people. And if you can't educate somebody who's an ignorant racist, tough shit. That person's lost. Move on mm. to the next person. Mm. Not everybody's worth saving. I hate to break it to you. And to be honest, if people are going to start eating Tide Pods or drinking bleach because, you know, the terms and conditions didn't say I shouldn't, what can you do? You're not going to save everybody. And if I read another article about how some guy stuck his genitalia in a pasty in Greg's and then tried to sue them because he was burnt, no offense, but I think that person's less interested. I'm less interested in educating that person than I am in educating somebody who may have some horrific ideals about, you know, racism or immigration. Mm. I believe you must, at the core of everything, not assign yourself a label. You must be your own identity. You can't say to somebody, oh, individuality is so key. You need to express yourself the way you want to. Oh, also, you're a liberal. Here's this badge. Like, it's just a dumb mentality. It's, I think it's very much, I always think of um, that, particularly the kind of the way that you've spoken about it, is the, the idea of like certain labels or categories being used to just simplify life uh, and kind of make it like, oh, we don't need you to really think or understand. Just here's some simple categories. Fit yourself into one of those um, and we'll, we'll, we'll just go with that. Uh, and I think that's it's really difficult because it should be about, yeah, okay, there might be certain times when you really want to uh associate or really buy into being a certain member whether that's a, a political group or it's a fandom or whatever and go, yeah I really I connect with this and I, I want to be a member but there might also be times when you do kind of float between whether it's different political parties it's different um I don't know activities that you do um you don't have to kind of just go oh this is it and then stick with it I think um, that's still quite a, I don't know, a historical way to look at, I think, of when uh, when our parents would have been younger and they would have essentially probably picked a career at 16 and that's pretty much what they did for their life. Um, whereas now I think it's a, we're starting to have a, a more flexible um, kind of environment, but we're still led by people that are in that kind of older mindset of you know, these are the rules, these are the categories and we stick completely to them and they don't change. Uh, and I think, yeah, that's, it's really difficult. And you kind of mentioned that, um, like that, the faction mindset, which can, my mind completely shows my majority. I was straight off to like hunger games and divergent with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. <laughs> let's just sort it. Out. You know what? Never mind the world's problems. Everyone get in a whopping great dome and let's have it out. And only the strongest will survive. That seems like now that's something we can all get on board with. <laughs> I just don't, I remember um, the. I think it's like the. Is it the first divergent one where they're like we're or that they are like the divergent people. And like their thing is like all the other people are like, oh, we look after people or we cook for people or we make the laws. And then the divergent people are just like, we do parkour. <laughs> just... yeah. This man said, we don't even do like bad things. We just do parkour. Okay. When I watched that the first time, I was like, oh, so these people are like the police or something. Like, no, they just they just kind of do like parkour and stuff. <laughs> they just have big affliction towards inanimate objects that they can launch off of. I really, yeah, I think 
I wanted, I think I wanted to to like it, and I was just like, no, I don't, I don't understand. There's too much, too many things that were weird, and because I think that was a similar time to Hunger Games, and I'd not, I haven't read either book, um, but I've seen the films, and I, I really liked where kind of Hunger Games started off. I quite like the premise of that, so I was like, oh. Divergent's got the same thing, but straight away in that first, there's so many things that I was like, well, what? That doesn't make sense. There's like 500 people in this room that have got to go and cut their hand and bleed in a bowl, but every time the bowl's clean and where are the people sitting? I don't understand. There are too many. <laughs> <laughs> You're obstructing my views on basic hygiene. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Just, I, yeah, there were too many issues that I had with that film, but it is very much like that. That is kind of, I guess, in a in an informal or unofficial way, that is kind of what is preached, essentially. And I think you, we touched on it earlier with that idea of, of Trump, actually. Yeah, that for One of the reasons why so many people got behind him is because he was different, because he was, I don't want to say honest, I begrudge saying honest, um, because, <laughs> because, <That was. laughs> because um, he was different, because he did sort of speak his small tiny mind um <laughs> say i really like donald trump and not for the reasons that people think oh, what you like donald trump you're scum i'll tell you why i like him because, because he's I'm in the hall like, of fame <laughs> vince mcmahon and donald trump is vince mcmahon and i love idiotic dictators is there nothing funnier and so, because okay, he's dangerous, but he's not really dangerous to us, is he? So we could have a good laugh. Maybe it's because I'm English, and I'm like, ah, it doesn't affect me. Good times. Like I'm ribbing my American friends consistently, and they're just like, you're an asshole. I'm like, yep. I mean, I've got Theresa May. She's pretty harmless at this point, and she's just going to be taken over by somebody else who's got no clue. Like we just have puppets, really. Whereas they have this larger-than-life buffoon. And Donald Trump is everyone's hilariously angry uncle who hates all races and creeds. And I just find people like that really funny and entertaining. But maybe that's what we need to do to disarm this kind of mentality, mm. is find things more funny and not find everything so offensive. But at the same time, if you tell people not to be offended, they're probably going to be offended that you told them not to be offended. He reminds me of... Um... One of the, I think it was like maybe the first or the second season of Black Mirror, where they had the bear that stood for election. Oh, this is, now that's lost on me, because unfortunately I've only watched the latest series of Black Mirror, oh. and my girlfriend is screaming at me, watch more Black Mirror, okay. and I'm just like, the latest series is really good, but I'm too lazy to watch the rest. The the first, and possibly the second season, I st they're the better episodes, I think. They're a bit more of a mind fuck. Um... Yeah, you have, uh, without kind of giving too much away, there's uh, there's like a comedy bear, which is like how sort of Bo Selector started off. So it's like, okay, I, there's a real life link there. Um, so there's a comedy bear on like a comedy program or a news program or something, and he becomes really quite popular. And so they use him in like a spin-off show. So he has his own show where he basically just takes the mick out of celebrities um, but they see that he's really popular and they gradually sort of manoeuvre him into politics. Um, and he has no, there's no policies, there's no anything, it's just a character. Um, and that's very much how I kind of saw Trump in that guise of, it was never about like, this is this policy or this is a campaign or a project that we want to do. It was just, here is a 
person, not even a per. Here's a character because you don't really know how much of it is real. It's this is a character, and they're going to say some stuff. They're going to attack other people, give you a couple of positive points, and that's that's your deal. And um, it is. It's it's learning how to win a popularity contest and learning how to swing the people's votes and learning how to change their minds and go actually do you know what certain people will agree with this yep and certain people will just want something different so we've got those as well and we'll spin a couple of positive messages in there as well um yeah it is really interesting there's also a oh without um promoing trump too much there's a <laughs> there's a really good um, I think it's a series, but I've only seen one of the episodes on maybe f- Channel 5 or something where they look into, um, I think it's looking into Trump's election. And one yeah. of the episodes is a, about kind of his journey to standing. And part of it included going to see and speak to uh, Jesse Ventura when he was a oh, governor. Yeah. And they were like, the stuff that they were picking up, because they said, but he, he basically learned from him, um, say some absolutely wild shit, that will get you coverage. Um, make sure you always include one or two really like positive, fluffy pieces, because that'll that's a nice message for, for you to spin out as well. And then, yeah, just make the rest up. But it, they were like, they learned this. Yeah, they learned this behavior. It was like, just say a load of wild, crazy stuff. That'll get you your media coverage. Um, that's like, that would cost you so much money, but you're going to get it for free because you're going to say a lot of crazy stuff. And I mean, you don't know, like, how much of the weird stuff that he says is that really what he thinks? Or is that his free publicity because he knows he can say it and everyone is going to talk about it? conversation is king in any kind of format whether it be for good or bad mm. and all the time that you spend sitting up there saying honestly i could i could see it now like he's kind of like have a go president and it'll get to the point probably well beyond you know our lifespan where it will be like jury service and everyone will get a crack like to do this week it will be mike's turn to be prime minister <laughs> and then you'll have an opportunity to sort of do what you want to do because everything will be so electronic they can push a button and change everything at a moment's notice and he will be the designated plan for that i've already heard apparently stories that the rock wants to run for president which is amazing in its own right just seeing him standing at the table of the un mm. just like talking smack and you know friendly to hit people with steel chairs, which is incredible work, to be honest. But I the, honestly believe we're sir, going. What's your name? That. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> so you see that lovely dossier that you've just put down in front of me with all these ideas about economy. Well, the Rock wants you to do one thing real special with that, that dossier. He wants you to shine it up real nice. And then all of a while, there's some like ambassador to like Ukraine just sitting there looking terrified. <laughs> It's um, yes, Mr. It's Rock. Funny, yes, isn't it? it's just um, yeah. I want more wrestling in my life. That's what I want. I want Vince McMahon as president next because he's so batshit insane. I just can't wait to see what he can do because I thought Donald Trump was a certain level of unhinged, but Vince McMahon is something special. I don't think there is another Vince McMahon in this world. So I'd yeah. say give him 
give him a year, let him just let crazy grandpa have XFL two and let him just go mad. I mean, if you think if you everything on a steel chair, if you think Trump promotes his family and gives them roles they don't deserve, (laughs) (laughs) wait till Shane McMahon starts jumping off the White House. Look, Dad, I'm important too. (laughs) Dear Lord. Oh dear. Well, with the image of Shane McMahon jumping off the White House, I... Yeah, Shane McMahon most likely will have some sort of role as well, won't she? She'll revive that uh, thing where she slapped her mum or something. She'll have oh. like Vince McMahon in a wheelchair being wheeled down the White House while Vince McMahon holds on to like Obama's ex-wife or something. Mm. It writes itself, really, doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if it doesn't, Vince will write it for you. Yeah, oh, Vince could write. We could have creative storytelling. So if Vince doesn't like the idea of us looking for nuclear weapons in a certain country, he could just write the script in. Oh, uh, Britain's got them now. Yeah, great. And uh, to solve this, Triple H is going to tackle a nuclear warhead with a steel chair. <laughs> Works well for me. <laughs> when the election results come back in and he's like, I, I seem to have lost. They, they obviously didn't understand the question. I think you'll find I've won. <laughs> <laughs> it's just literally going to come out and everyone's going to uh, yeah um, so so and so won <laughs> I don't think so because you only like what I tell you to like god damn it that is the American way oh dear on um, I'm still I still I, I want us to finish on that Shane McMahon jumping off the White House as our, our finishing image a lot, everybody it's just enjoy your independence <laughs> as the flag goes up um, yes, it's been awesome to sit, to sit down and um, hit quite a few different topics and just generally catch up and um, have, a, have a bit of a chat about what we think and what's going on um, in quite a few different areas. But uh, if people want to find out a bit more about you and all of the different things that are going on, uh, where are some of the places that they can go to to find out a bit more about Amir? Uh, well, social media-wise, I'm not nearly as hot-headed as you might appear from this podcast. Uh, I'm actually a more measured human being overall. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, at Harbinger PW on Twitter uh, and also at Harbinger PW on Instagram. The reason it's Harbinger PW is because, uh, which we haven't really alluded to much, which I'm grateful for, I suppose, in a way. I'm actually a professional wrestler as well. PW stands for professional wrestler and Harbinger is part of my gimmick. So if you're wondering why the hell I've got Harbinger as a tag, it's not because I am a messenger of doom and i plan on bringing all destruction to all your governments anytime soon i'm simply a wacky person who likes to wear spandex and body slam your favorite wrestler um so yeah you can find me on that uh also if you want to check out the podcast that we do the wrestling based podcast you want to hear more of the vince mcmahon impressions and ludicrous ideas about how he's going to take over the world wrestle plug search for that at wrestle plug on Twitter and Instagram, and also if you just type in WrestlePlug Podcast, you'll find us on Facebook. So, and yeah, if by some ungodly reason you do happen to find me along on Facebook, that's just my normal name, which uh, is Amir Elzanetti. So, if for some reason you can spell that and you do have some inkling of who I am, then you're welcome to shoot me a message and I will add you based on how crazy you are or how much of a liberal you are. Now, we'll see how you like being stuck in a bracket. (laughs) And I've got to. Give a little shout out to your your podcast group uh, on Facebook as well. There's um, some amazing conversations, and I love seeing the videos pop up in my feed. Um, yeah. Some of some of them will be 
um, popular clips that you might have seen before, but there's also quite a lot of ones that are from, I'd say, smaller indie-type shows that you probably haven't seen in other places. Yeah. Um, so it definitely seems to be quite a lot going on in the Facebook group, so definitely got to mention that as well. Yeah, the Facebook group's on fire. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who is listening who does follow us. Uh, we're well, well past 7,000 likes now on the page. Um, the content just... I get sent so much hilarious content now. Like I, it started off with me just posting everything I could find. And then, you know, before you know, who would have thought a video of an African musical group um, playing Kurt Angle's theme music, you know, theoretically, <laughs> get 136,000 views, but it does. And since then, people just come flocking to our page, wanting to see the stupidest crap known to man. So I'm more than happy to give you videos of Brock Lesnar doing a running man and the tequila video, but with one of the iconic screaming in the middle. Like, it's amazing what will bring people out on the internet. It really is. Check out WrestleFly Podcast if you want a good laugh and a good giggle for your day. I think my, my favourite one recently is the one that I saw today, which was the shooting star press where they land on the turnbuckle. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not even... He doesn't even, like, move. It's amazing. He just <laughs> stays in the same place. And for anyone who doesn't watch wrestling or doesn't get it, simply put, we all know that it's predetermined. The guy tries to backflip off the ropes and land on his opponent. Turns out he's not as athletic as he thought he was and just lands on himself on the turnbuckle and stacks it like a massive tool. So if you want to see an idiot doing something wrong uh, in his profession that will make you laugh, then absolutely head on over to our page, whether you're a wrestling fan or not. Oh, it's the place to be. Um... Awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving up time this evening to come and have a chat. It's um, it's been really nice, and I think each time we're getting to uh, we unpack a little bit more, we open you up a bit more, and we hear some more of your thoughts. So um, I'm already looking forward to next time. And uh, until no, it's been like a year and a half, hasn't it? Since it has... last time. Still dealing with the shell shock from last time, so I'll see you guys in two years' time <laughs> no. for more content when the rocks are president. Oh yes. Although, I have seen you in between. We've actually met now, which is pretty cool. So, um, we still need to arrange our uh, our Weatherspoons date, but I'll hold out for yeah. a little while. Absolutely. Um, yeah, hopefully you guys will hear from me uh, more. But if you somehow, for some ungodly reason, are jonesing to hear me on a more regular basis, just <laughs> check out WrestlePlug. And yeah, Mike is... Um, always welcome on a podcast as well so if you ever want to come on mate and discuss how much you hate Brock Lesnar or how much you love <laughs> oh him, yes yes like, you shouldn't bracket me I might be a lover of the Lesnar <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah he could be broad like Brock Lesnar go away bloody labels oh dear awesome well thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your experience and your thoughts um, and I look forward to next time so we'll see you soon and uh, hope you have a great rest of the week thank you very much sir no worries, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye! These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. 
and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, OK, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. 